0: Stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. This week, I'm joined by Nina Mishra, Zach's Director of ETF Research and the editor of the ETF Investor Newsletter here at Zach's as well as the host of her own podcast called the ETF Spotlight. She basically has everything covered on ETFs all across the board. And so I love having her on the podcast so we can discuss what's going on in the world of ETFs because something always is and it's always kind of fun and interesting And especially this year with the market being down, where are people putting their money in the ETF world now? Where are the inflows going? Maybe some of the outflows. So, Nina, welcome to the show. Hi, Tracy. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Um, So, you're back to discuss one of our favorite topics. So, maybe we should just lead off with that is Kathy Wood and ARK, of course, ARK Innovation and um she's still in the news i i keep seeing her on the news she's still giving her webinars her monthly updates you can tune into those you don't even have to be an arc investor you can just sign up for their emails and go over there she's still being completely transparent about what she's doing with her funds and um, but the funds, especially the flagship, is still having difficulty here this year. So I know when we've talked about Kathy and Arc in the past, and we've done so many times, um, you know, we were kind of wondering it, when or if money would flow out of those funds. It was still flowing in, I think the last time we talked about her, even though the the fund was down, but, um I'm kind of curious what's what's happening with Arc K now that's the the flagship fund and it's now down 61% year to date Tesla still its largest holding about 10% of the portfolio and I know she bought some more Tesla shares recently so what what is happening are people staying loyal to Kathy here in the end of 2022
1: yeah, it's, it's always very interesting to talk about ARK and Cathy. Yeah. And it seems that Kathy remains very popular. And I admire her conviction and her strategies, her disruptive, her belief in disruptive innovation. But it seems just not the right time to invest in disruptive innovation. Yeah. But what is surprising is that ARKK, the flagship fund, continues to gather assets, though it has wow. been a Bit bumpy, you know. It, it did lose. Uh, it had net outflows in August, but then when uh, you know we saw that minor uh, bounce in high growth stocks uh, in some of that brief summer rally, people thought maybe the worst is over. And the Ark uh, Innovation Fund (ARKK) that took in more, uh, just about five hundred million in September, and it has gathered almost 1.4 billion dollars year to date which is very very surprising given its performance and what is interesting is that other etfs uh, her space etf her fin- fintech etf uh, autonomous uh, technology and robotics etf next generation internet etf uh, genomic revolution etf all those etfs have lost assets this year. So I think the flagship fund, the R-A-R-K-K ETF, that is, uh, that is uh, treated as investors believe that this is kind of a benchmark for uh, disruptive innovation. So instead of investing in other funds, uh, within the ARK family, they are now focusing just on this particular EDF. And this rates a lot. This has excellent uh, trading volumes. So this uh, is uh, you know, used more by traders and uh, who want to bet on disruptive innovation. So that is the reason why probably investors who believe in disruptive innovation continue to put money in this uh, EDF. Uh, There are some other interesting developments also within the ARC uh, EDF family. Uh, They named a chief futurist, uh, um, Brett Winton, who was the former director of research, he was named as Chief future uh, because there was some criticism about Cathy uh, being the star power at ARC and uh, ARC not having any succession plans. So probably yeah. he's he's the, he's uh, now the the successor seen as a uh, as a, one of the probably heir apparent uh, of Ark. Um, investment. And they also named uh, portfolio manager uh, Will Scherer. Uh, he was no, named as portfolio manager of two index funds. Uh, so all the actively managed funds, Kathy is the portfolio manager, but the two index funds, which are not really popular, uh, the Israel uh, Innovation the Israel Innovative Technology ETF (IZRL) and three D Printing ETF (PRNT). Uh, these are these are really smaller, 100, 180 million in assets uh, in these two funds. So they have a new portfolio manager for uh, these two ETFs, which uh, which is not uh, you know significant because these are basically index index rate tracking ETFs. And they also closed one ETF. This was that was actually just after a few months uh, of its launch. They closed their ARK Transparency ETF, uh, which had sort of ESG tilt, and then it was an inter- index tracking ETF, uh, investing in most transparent company. So that was closed in July within a few months of its launch. So there's a lot going on. Uh, with an arc, and as you mentioned, Cathy remains popular. She's very often on CNBC and Bloomberg, and she continues to talk about her conviction and disruptive innovation, and how wrong investors are to bet against those company companies, and how now she's talking about the Fed also that the Fed is wrong in going being so aggressive about rate hikes and missing signs of deflationary pressures. Yeah, she's been all over
0: the place. Um I wonder if the reason that money is not flowing out in the same rate with Ark K like it is with some of the other ETFs that she manages is because Ark K is the oldest of the ETFs, right? It's the original one. And I'm just wondering if, you know, a lot of investors are sticking with her because they've been in it longer than the others. So their cost basis might be a lot lower still. E- even though I know all that money flowed in at the end of 2020 into 2021. Um, so some of them uh, might have already jumped ship But I- I'm just cu- curious you know wondering if because of the longevity of it some people might be sticking around a little longer in that one.
1: So, there are some other ETFs also uh, which launched at the same time, but this is the flagship ETF, and in this, uh, in one Instrument, you can get exposure to all her uh, all her disruptive innovation uh, strategies. Yeah. So th- that is the, that is the reason why it is very popular yeah. with investors. So it, instead of buying, I, trying to decide whether you want to bet on genomics or uh, robotics, you buy the CTF and you get exposure to all those strategies. And plus, it has excellent. Trading liquidity, so for yeah. investors who want to jump in and jump out of disruptive innovations uh, stocks, uh, this provides that easy vehicle. So that that is one of the reasons, and people are sticking with her because this is her flagship fund. And uh, it remains to be seen how long that can continue, because uh, we did, as I mentioned, we did see outflows in August, but in September, investors came back again to our funds. But if the you know performance continues to suffer and she is not going to change her strategy it seems she will continue to bet on those uh, high growth highly speculative stocks it remains to be seen whether they will continue to suffer in the rising rate environment and whether they will continue to underperform and yeah. whether investors are still going to put money in despite losing um, a lot of their money in her strategies yeah
0: yeah, all these things are kind of up in the air and we'll see what happens through the end of the year with the performance obviously. And usually it's it's by that next year when a lot of investors start taking a look or they they are looking when they haven't been looking for a while like in January and February of the next year. And then, you know, we'll see what what is happening there, what what is to be seen because Just because it's at a new 52-week low here in October doesn't mean it's going to be by next January. So yeah, a lot of interesting stuff going on with the ARC. Um, And as you mentioned, I do admire Kathy for sticking with her strategy. If you don't like the strategy, don't don't invest that's that would be my advice like a lot of people are <laughs> exactly. complaining about it and you know kind of angry about it but you no one says you have to be in that ETF and and you know if you don't agree with her about investing right now in these kind of innovation type companies then don't like that's
1: my advice. So yeah, exactly. But. I I have never invested in Kathy's ETFs, and I have never betted against her. So I I would not no, bet against her. Just just stay away because I don't believe this is the right time for disruptive innovation. It may yeah. have its time again, but maybe not yeah. in the current uh, slowing growth and rising interest rate environment. So does that mean you're in the short
0: arc? Nina, you you're in that one. You're you you
1: are betting against her <laughs> in the other fund. No, no, I've never <laughs> betted against her. <laughs> so so her uh, the the ETF that uh, um, that bets against Kathy that was in fact one of the best performers earlier this year. It is the uh-huh. Sock ETF, uh, and it it was it quickly gathered assets too. Now the performance obviously su- suffered during uh, summer uh, when. Uh, all those growth stocks rebounded. But that yeah. is a vehicle if you want to bet against Cathy, <laughs> that ETF is there. That is the fun part of the ETF industry. There's something for everyone. Right. <laughs> and there's there's an ETF which provides twice exposure, uh, leverage at e- uh, exposure to ARKK. So if you are a really big believer in Kathy's strategies, the talk is also there
0: tark is it t t a r k yes that's the two times and just yes. sark is the the short s a r k okay yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah it's uh it doesn't even give i wonder when this launched um it's not even giving me year to date total return on the on the tark maybe because it's it, i don't know it's like it not nothing but it's got to be worse than hers which is down 60 percent so um yeah that would be a tough one on that one to do let me i'm just looking right so, now so, well
1: it does have big volume i'm surprised yeah the, the yeah, two yeah times. so it's so, wow. so this launched in may and uh that the timing was perfect. I I would say that uh, yeah. this firm, firm which launched both SARK and TARK, they have been very lucky with their timing, or maybe they are just very good with market timing. <laughs> Probably they were just just very lucky. So this uh, launched in May, as I mentioned, and there was a brief rally in those stocks during summer. Uh-huh. So obviously, this ETF did. Pre- uh, pretty well during that time. Uh, I don't have the. Let me look at the performance. Uh, Looks like it's down 59% so far. Yeah, yeah. So this, of course, the performance suffered when when these stocks kind of started coming down, in um, uh, later in September and October, but uh, it had that brief rally after its launch. Yeah. Now these
0: these are the types of ETFs that are mostly for traders, right? These two time, like you're not like buying and holding this. Or are yeah. You?
1: So these, yeah. So these are not uh, inverse and leverage ETFs. They reset. Oh, okay. Daily, So this is something which investors should remember that these uh, ETFs invest and leverage ETFs because of the derivatives that yeah. they use and because of the daily re- reset, they are meant for very short-term trading or hedging against your uh, portfolio. For, for example, now we have so many single-stock ETFs, uh, inverse and slightly leveraged single-stock ETFs. So if you already own Tesla in your portfolio and there's an event event, uh, Tesla earnings announcement or something related mm-hmm. to Tesla Tesla, and you feel that the stock is going to be very volatile uh, for some time, then maybe you can hold that inverse Tesla ETF uh, for, for a few days. It's just to hedge your portfolio. So similarly with the, the ETFs that bet against or... Uh, provide twice exposure to Kathy's strategies. They are all very short-term trading strategies. And there's always something fun happening in the ETF world, as I mentioned. So there has been uh, a recent filing for two ETFs that would provide long and short exposure to jim kramer's strategies right long jim lgm and sgm so at those filings we saw recently we don't know whether they are going to launch or not launch but yeah for people who believe in kramer or who are big haters there would be some strategies for them too yeah that's pretty cool um the
0: tesla ones if i wanted like a the bear tesla etf what's the ticker on that one
1: is it is T, the- D- yeah. It is TSLQ. So in okay. fact, we saw a bunch of uh, you know these single stock ETFs uh, launched recently uh, in the past two three months since the SEC started uh, permitting uh, approving these ETFs. These ETFs yeah. have been around in Europe uh, for a long time, I think, since twenty eighteen, and uh, you know. Uh, Regulators in Europe and Canada, they are much more uh, receptive to these kind of ideas. The the SEC here has uh, been more conservative, so they uh, allowed approved these ETFs only recently. And... Uh, while approving these ETFs, the SEC also, you know, the officials, they also issued warning to retail investors that these are not supposed to be used for longer term investing. These are very risky products. They should be used only by traders and people who understand them, them properly. So, anyway, of all those ETFs, single uh, stock ETFs that launched, Only the one which provides inverse exposure to Tesla has seen some asset gathering. It has a little over 50 million in assets. Uh, And these are very expensive, too. That is another thing uh, investors should remember. So TSLQ, which provides inverse exposure to daily share performance of Tesla stock, that has an expense ratio of point percent. Now, the convenience, oh. uh, the advantage here is that uh, uh, many people do not have the exposure to other strategies of shorting stocks, uh, like using options or using margin. Uh, so for them, the CTA provides a very convenient exposure, so if you want to, you know, hedge your Tesla exposure for a few days, uh, this is the vehicle you can look at, but this this is again uh, not meant for long-term holding. If, if yeah. you don't believe in your Tesla stock, just sell it, get out of it. <laughs> but uh, right. for short-term hedging, it makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think about if, if you're confused about what options are or you don't know how to short a stock or that kind of thing, like this provides a a, a lot easier method to kind of do exactly. the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, and
1: another area of, there. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to say that there are many other similar ETFs which can provide you exposure against leverage exposure or inverse exposure to other popular stocks like Apple. Yeah. Uh, Google Microsoft Amazon even Pfizer so mm, they, wow. they can be used for short-term hedging of your exposure or just for short-term betting against those stocks if you are a sophisticated investor and if you're watching your uh, portfolio and market movements on a right. daily hourly basis not these are not buy and buy and hold buy and, buy and hold right products.
0: right. Right. That's always good to mention on there. Yeah. Um, I see they have pretty good trading volumes, at least the Tesla ones. Yes. So, you know, people are definitely using them as trading vehicles, which is what they are designed to do. So that's good.
1: Yes. And Tesla and Tesla and Elon Musk uh, people either love them or hate them. So right, it's, not, right. <laughs> it's not surprising that the inverse Tesla ETF has seen most interest out of all the funds that the launch. Yeah, yeah, interesting.
0: Um, Okay, so another area that I wanted to talk about today on the podcast is uh, the dividend ETF area. And I don't, I'm not sure we ever have talked about dividend ETFs on the podcast before, what when you've been on, Uh, but that kind of tells you maybe there is a trend in them or. It just tells you that the Twitter algorithm is sending me a lot of people who are tweeting about the dividend ETFs because I seem to see like once a day people talking about them. And especially the Schwab U.S. Dividend Equity ETF, the ticker is SCHD. And that one I see mentioned all the time Um, I had to look it up to find out what was going on like with it. Well like what does it do? It's a hundred stocks all large caps Um, expense ratio is pretty low at 006 percent. The yield is three point four percent which is probably why everybody's talking about it because that's pretty juicy and it holds a lot of the big uh, big big caps that pay big dividends. So like uh, in the top 10 is Merck. Home Depot, Texas Instruments, Broadcom, Amgen, Pepsi, BlackRock, Pfizer, Cisco, and Verizon. So anyone interested in dividends knows those names because those they are all paying out pretty nice yields. PE is just 14 times, so it's pretty cheap but it is down 16% so far year to date but those dividend investors you Nina know, seem to like they they get all excited as it continues to go lower because the yield goes up and it just gets cheaper so they are like I'm buying more of I'm buying another share of the SCHD today Um, So what is going on with with these dividend ETFs is money flowing into there or is it just the smaller like niche group of dividend investors who are kind of having fun right now? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, so dividend ETFs have been really popular with the investors this year. And uh, the top gainer is SCHD, which you mentioned. um, uh, You see a lot of mention on Twitter because it is the top asset gatherer this year. And as you said, that it is down about 14% year to date. But If you look at the comparative performance compared to the S&P 500 or the Nasdaq index, the performance is much better. So as far as dividends. Dividends are concerned, there are two popular strategies for investing in dividend uh, stocks and ETFs. One is the dividend growth strategy, which uh, basically holds stocks that have been consistently raising their dividends for the past many years, like dividend aristocrats that have been raising their dividend for 25 years. There are many other dividend growth ETFs that look at uh, stocks that have been raising their dividends for at least least 10 years. So those companies are high quality companies, and uh, those funds have a lot of exposure to technology stocks as well. So in the past few years, these ETFs were very popular with investors because technology stocks did well. These were high quality companies, so you were getting dividends which were not very high, but at at the same time, very good performance as well. Uh, But This year in particular, the other strategy, which is uh, investing in high dividend yielding stocks, Uh, those strategies have been quite popular this year. And that is because they have a lot of exposure to defensive areas of the market that have delivered better performance than technology. And they also have a lot of exposure to energy stocks, and we know that oil stocks have done pretty well this year. So the ETF yeah. like the the iShares core high dividend ETF, the ticket symbol is HDV. Uh, that is down just about 4% uh, this year. So that has also been quite popular in addition to SCHD. Now, as far as SCHD is concerned, this provides... Kind of the best of both worlds. So you look, uh, the fund looks at sus- not the fund, the index that it tracks. It looks at the sustainability of the payouts. It uses some fundamental screens like cash flow to debt ratio, dividend yield, ROE, dividend growth rate, etc. And at the uh, so, and it holds companies that have a ten-year history of paying dividends, and those are all high high yield companies, 100 high yield stocks. So you get the combination of high yield plus sustainability and at a very low cost, just six basis points expense ratio. Yeah. And in full disclosure, I do own the CTF in the ETF investor portfolio as well. And uh, this has almost 37 billion in assets uh, wow. now. So a huge, huge ETF, very yeah. popular with a lot of inflows this year. Okay. I think
0: the SCHD is also in the dividend investor portfolio here at Zacks too. I want to say it's in there, but maybe I'm wrong on that one. Um, but it should be. If it's not in there, it should be in there. Um, yeah, like it's uh, pretty interesting to see like some of these uh you know really good yields that you can get on these funds now and some of them are outperforming what the S&P 500 and certainly the Nasdaq is doing so why right. why not yeah mm-hmm. i'm kind of liking getting income myself this year so yeah it's um it's a good place to be so speaking of energy let's switch over to that real quick here um what What's going on in the energy space? I know we've talked in the past about how there's never any new energy ETFs and that kind of thing, but I heard money was rotating out of the energy ETFs in September. And so I'm just kind of wondering if those are still out of favor or what what is going on, because it still is the best performing sector for this year in 2022 again. So it is kind of surprising to hear that money might be coming out of it.
1: So as you mentioned, energy is the best performing sector year to date. It is the only sector in the green year to date, also the only sector in the green in the past six months, three months. And let me see, no, in the past one month, it is down slightly or almost flat. So energy is very interesting. Uh, There are times when a lot of money, Flows into energy ETFs, investors chase performance and you know they start buying funds like gush the leverage funds like gush and yeah. eVde but when the performance suffers and uh, we saw that uh, uh, it, there were some months in summer when oil prices went down because there was a, there was so much concern about um, global uh, economic growth slowdown particularly demand slowdown in china uh, so oil prices Went down and people left energy ETFs. So we we see that investors come in and they book their profits and then they again leave energy ETFs. So yeah. they 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 have seen asset gathering this year, but uh, they are not on the top of the leaderboard despite energy's excellent performance. And uh, one of the reasons is that because energy underperformed. For the past so many years, so many investors yeah. who invested in oil maybe three, four years back, five years back, and they lost so much money. So now they don't have uh, the kind of patience required with investing. So probably they invest for some time, and they when, once they say that, see their fund is up like 10%, 20% within a short time frame, within a few yeah. weeks, then they exit too now as far as uh, you mentioned that there is no new energy etf so there is yeah. one now
0: <laughs> oh so there is have, Yay.
1: so this uh this firm the anti-work firm it is known as the anti-work firm anti-asg firm uh, strive capital management uh, they launched the strive U.S. Energy ETF, ticker symbol is D-R-L-L, and that launched in August and has already gathered about 330 billion in assets so far. So this is a pretty successful launch. So this ETF basically, it says that uh, these uh, top uh, three asset managers, BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Streets, uh, they have been telling these oil companies the energy companies to uh, not invest in drilling, instead return capital to shareholders in the form of dividends and share buybacks. So that is the reason why the U.S. energy industry has suffered and oil prices are going up. And they say that they basically say that most investors do not want politics to be mixed there in with their investing. And they may not even believe in those ESG principles, but these big three are forcing. They are enforcing the, the those ESG uh, strategies on companies. So this company says that we will tell US oil companies to drill more and uh, invest more in drilling, pump more uh, pump out more oil and gas. And um, the ceo he is very often on television talking about ntsg strategies and this belief in excellence mm-hmm. capitalism he writes uh, frequently in the wall-, wall street journal He's quite popular so uh, that is one of the reasons why the ctf has quickly gathered a lot of this yeah. so yeah, if you I'm if impressed. you believe that If you believe that uh, these asset managers were too tough on the U.S. uh, energy industry and uh, you want the U.S. energy industry to thrive and survive, then maybe you can look at DRLL. They launched two more. uh, The drill was their first ETF, and then they launched two more ETFs, uh, the first uh, The STRV ETF that provides uh, exposure, very similar exposure to the S&P 500 uh, index, and it has a very low expense ratio of, I think, it is just uh, about five basis points uh, expense ratio, and uh, they basically say that we will use your money. To tell companies to focus just on excellence, focus just on profits, not on ESG principles or anything else. And they also okay. launched a chip ETF just a few days back. So those are the three options available to you if you want. If you believe that ESG had gone too far when we were really not ready for the energy transition.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's
1: interesting.
0: I looked up the drill one, and the two biggest holdings, not surprising, are Exxon and Chevron. Exxon's 21%, Chevron is about 16%, and then you have Conoco at 7.5%. But it also includes a mix of Types of energy companies, including on the service side, because Schlumberger is in the top ten, and on the refining side, Valero is in the top ten. So you're not just getting the producers or the explorers and producers, the E.M.P.s. Um, you're getting a mix here with the drill. So uh, if anyone, if you're interested, that's you know, go check it out and make sure you know what you're yeah. buying there, because you yeah. are. So
1: this this provides a very market cap exposure, like other big energy ETFs, it's very, very similar to IYE and uh, has a similar expense ratio too. So obviously it is top heavy in Chevron and Exxon. The only difference is that they will use their money, their shareholder voting power to encourage these companies to drill more and just prioritize profits and not ESG principles.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, there is certainly a lot going on, as
0: we said, um, and I know there's some more interesting launches still to come. So, you know, maybe in a couple months we can talk about them and see what's what's happening as we get towards the end of the year with some of these uh, more trendy launches that are out there, and what's happening with some of these recent ones, as well as Arc. We're going to have to check in on Kathy again at the end of the year, uh, but let me recap a lot of the tickers here because we did talk about a lot of etfs on the show today so of course there was Ark innovation a-r-k-k if you want to short it it's s-a-r-k and the two time long is Tark, t-a-r-k then we talked about the dividends and we had the schwab uh, dividend is SCHD that's the one that's taken the most assets in year to date then we had that core dividend which is HD Is in David V is in Victor HDV then we talked about the energies and we had the new one drill DRLL is the ticker for that one and she mentioned the strive 500 ETF which is STRV. That's not energy, but that's their other ETF. And then she also mentioned one of the other older ETFs you can uh, be in, which is the iShares US Energy ETF, which is IYE. IYE is that one. So um, I don't think we have any tickers on the Jim Cramer ones. Oh, no, you did say it. It's LJIM and SJIM for the short Um, But those haven't launched yet, so you're going to have to wait. But if you're listening to this a little bit later in 2022, those are probably out there, so... Have at it. Have fun. You know, Jim should feel flattered that he's got some ETFs uh, planned against him now because a lot of people have had Twitter accounts that are like short Jim Cramer (laughs) accounts and what stocks, you know, he mentions that you should be shorting and all that fun stuff. So I'm sure he's taking it uh, in the fun category as well that that is and heck maybe a lot of people will be the long side and not the short side for the jim kramer etfs uh but these are the signs of the times there are always niches out there in etfs and nina's always bringing them to us here on this show and on her own on etf spotlight be sure to check out that podcast you can get it same places you can get uh this podcast you can get it on apple podcast you can get it on Amazon music and on Spotify, but make sure you're getting our podcast somewhere and I'll see you again next week with some more stocks.
1: This material is being provided for informational purposes only and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal accounting or tax advice or a recommendation to buy, sell or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zacks Investment Research search as a whole.